Yeah, very good morning to you. It is Friday, the 2nd of February 2024. It's The Papers with me, Richie Allen. The last one of the week. Hope you're looking forward to the weekend. I hope you're looking forward to the weekend. Let's go to the front pages of the UK daily newspapers. Now, let me just tell you, many of them are leading with a story about an attack with a corrosive substance by a man who had a sexual offence conviction and should maybe have been deported out of the UK an asylum seeker. What's it all about? Well, the papers describing today a horrific scene after a mum and her two girls were doused in their car with a corrosive substance in South London, believed to be an alkaline uh, substance. One witness said the mother cried, I can't see, I can't see. It was quite horrific, said the witness. The Met Police said injuries to the mother and to the younger girl aged three could be life-changing. The attack is believed to be targeted. So a man doused a mum and her children with an alkaline substance. It happened near Clapham, Clapham Common, on Wednesday evening and the police are still looking for a guy called Abdul Shakur Ezidi. He's 35. He was seen at a Tesco shop in North London on Wednesday night and the image of him showed that he has a pretty serious facial injury himself. He was convicted of sexual assault uh, and exposure in 2018 and was later granted asylum in 2021 or 2022. So the right-wing media, or the conservative media, will have a field day with this, won't they? With a man who had applied for asylum, and in that time, while this was going through, while he was waiting for a decision, he was convicted of sexual assault before later being granted asylum. He went on to seemingly commit this horrible attack using this alkaline substance on the woman and her children on Wednesday. So they'll be screaming from the rooftops, won't they, about why this guy, having been convicted of a sexual offence while his application was being processed, why the hell wasn't he sent back for, for, you know, to wherever he came from? So you'll get a lot of that. The guy is still at large, Abdul Shakur Ezidi. And it is a legitimate question, of course. You know, it is a legitimate question. What was the guy doing in the UK? Having been, you know, having been convicted, why wasn't he kicked out? Yes, okay. So his photograph, or the photograph of him taken in Tesco on Wednesday with a very, looks pretty severe injury to his right eye. His photograph is everywhere today. The Guardian leads with US orders strikes on Iran-backed militia in revenge for base attack. That's um, obviously about the US President Joe Biden yesterday said he had ordered reprisal strikes against the Iranian-backed Houthi militia after three US soldiers were killed in Jordan. Tit-for-tat stuff from the Biden administration. That's the Guardian. I haven't read it yet, but I believe there is a lovely interview in the Guardian with Michael J. Fox, the actor 
who has been battling with Parkinson's for many years. I will read that later on because I'm a big fan of Michael J. Fox. In fact, the Apple TV-backed documentary about Michael J. Fox was a beautiful film. I don't know if you saw it. It's a lovely film about Michael and his family and how they have coped with his Parkinson's. He, I suppose he was making the big films when I was in my... Um, when I was in my early teens in the 1980s, loved his films. So that's The Guardian. The Daily Mail manhunt. Again, this um, asylum seeker who committed sexual assault was convicted of it. Abdul Shakur Azidi and is now wanted for this attack as it happened in Clapham Common on Wednesday. So that's manhunt on the front page of the Daily Mail. Same story on the front page of The Sun. I can't see, I can't see. Terrifying screams of mother as acid fiend goes on the run. That is The Sun. The Daily Telegraph chemical attacker was failed asylum seeker. Again, it features a photograph of this guy. Also on the front page of The Daily Telegraph, I covered this on The Richie Allen Show last evening. Tories call for protection after attacks over pro-Israel stance. Yes, and this is about Mike Freer, a justice minister who said he's quitting politics because of the abuse he has suffered, particularly since the October 7th Hamas attack in Israel and Israel, Israel's response, which of course I believe to be genocide, to be ethnic cleansing. This guy says he's been attacked. There's been an arson attempt at his constituency office. His life has been threatened and the lives of his family and his family have said get out of politics while uh, the going is good and he's referenced of course the murders of Sir David Amos and Joe Cox no laughing matter I would agree the Daily Mirror headline don't make same mistakes as me Marcus says who says Paul Gascoigne Gaza who uh, is offering some advice to the Manchester United striker Marcus Rashford, who's been, well, the subject of um, some negative press this week because he went to Belfast, he went to Northern Ireland. In the middle of last week, he went on a bit of a bender, had a few tequilas, um, had a bit of fun with the ladies. I mean, why wouldn't you if you're earning £325,000 a week to kick a football around? I'd have one or two benders on the Bacardis. And I'm sure I'd have a few dalliances with the ladies. If I was single, that is. Of course, I'm a monogamous dude these days. Well, I have been for 22 years. Because uh, my, my missus would murder me in my sleep, you see. If I was ever to stray away from home. But Paul Gascoigne <laughs> is offering him some advice. Yes. I could give you, I could tell you one or two anecdotes. Um, the missus, with my help, ran a beautiful bar in Spain for a number of years. We lived in Spain and she ran a bar. And not long after she opened her bar, she was uh, invited to host a number of former footballers who were in southern Spain for a pro-am celebrity golf uh, tournament thing. So we said no problems. So we catered for these footballers and some of the supporters who had paid uh, to play golf with them. And all of these ex-footballers were lovely. Paul Gascoigne was one of them. He was in Caroline's Bar, my better half. Um, we also had Paul McGrath. Paul was on his best behaviour. Great guy, Paul. We had, we had, oh God, um, Newcastle, Sheffield Wednesday, 
England winger Chris Waddle just come uh, come to me Chris Waddle was there John Gorman former assistant manager at England and friend of Glenn Hoddle's and it was a great crack and Gaza was as pissed as a fart but an absolute gentleman no bother whatsoever <laughs> and uh, yeah God love him he's battled with the booze and now according to the mirror he's extending the offer of his wisdom to Marcus Rashford well done Gaza as the Daily Express, Hunt plotting new 1P national insurance. Cut is the Express lead story. Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, could announce a national insurance cut in March. He is quoted in the paper, the Express, to be considering cutting an extra penny in the spring budget. Speaking to the Express, Hunt said he would prioritise tax cuts that boost growth. There you are. That is the front page of the Express. The Metro. I talked about this yesterday. I rolls at work aggressive is the lead story on the front page of the Metro. This is about microaggressions, whereby everybody has to walk on eggshells around anybody who might be considered to be a minority. And a minority might not mean their ethnicity. It could mean they might be a minority because of their um, sexual orientation or because of the gender they have chosen from the 150,000 genders that you might be. And that totting or rolling your eyes or looking at your phone uh, could be a microaggression and could be, you know, damaging to whichever minority you might be dealing with. It's crazy. Sexual or racial discrimination, a, a lead report, cites training for employees costing more than £160,000 Um, where employees are told to nod their heads as a way to improve inclusion. So when somebody is speaking and saying something, whether you agree with it or not, nod your head. Because rolling your eyes or looking away or looking at your phone is a microaggression and, um, you know, could be discriminatory and could lead to you being hauled up before HR and given a stern lecture about uh, not being inclusive enough. I know, I know. I thank, I don't know if I thank God because I don't know anything about God, but I do thank something every day that I work for, well, I work for you, don't I? Because you support the Richie Allen Show, the Sunday Morning Melodies and this podcast. I thank heavens really that I'm self-employed, that I don't have to put up with any of this bullshit. The I headline, Millions Face Stealth Tax Rise as Tories Demand Cuts. That's the I. Financial Times, Bank of England sets stage for rate cuts, but insists on more evidence of falling inflation. The Daily Star headline is, you'll never want a loan. You'll never want a loan. And the photograph to accompany this is Jürgen Klopp, the current manager of Liverpool Football Club, who will be departing in the summer and a photograph of Xabi Alonso, Spanish football star who played for Liverpool in the noughties and is tipped maybe to be the successor to Jurgen Klopp. You'll never want a loan. What is it about? Well, it's a report on police in Thailand um, who have urged Liverpool fans not to fall for a scam asking to fund Xabi Alonso's flight to England. The former Reds midfielder has emerged as the favourite to replace Jurgen Klopp at the end of the season. But the star says scammers are jumping the gun in an attempt to con fans. They've created a fake online page 
pretending to be Alonso's official Instagram account. That's the front page story. And that that concludes the front pages of the papers. Let's have a look at some of the stories inside. Nanny state is a term. It's been around a long time. You know, it, 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 what it means, nanny state, is any perceived attempt, perceived on, be, on, on the part of the public, for the state to be interfering in... Um, there you are. I've, I've, I've just gone to try and describe it. I can't describe it. <laughs> the state infantilising people, I suppose, you know, and interfering in the things people do. Um, the things people do, the things people eat, people's choices. State interference in people's choices and the perception that the state uh, feels that people are not mature enough to make decisions for themselves. I suppose that's how you might loosely describe the nanny state approach, right? It's often used, the, the term, when they talk about the government planning to enforce, you know, reductions in salt and sugar in food products and whatnot and in um, curtailing people's activities and, and whatnot. So here's the story in the Telegraph, which is kind of important, I think. Rugby is a form of child abuse, study says. Rugby is a form of child abuse. Interesting timing, this story, as tonight, the Six Nations annual rugby tournament kicks off. It's uh, the, the biggest international rugby tournament in the world, outside of the World Cup. And it'll be watched by tens, if not hundreds, of millions of people around the world. The, the tournament begins tonight, I think, in Marseille. Not in Paris, but in Marseille. The Irish team uh, will play, Ireland will play France tonight in Marseille. So this is interesting timing. Rugby being played in schools is a form of child abuse, a study has suggested. The risk of serious injury carried by high-impact sports is contrary to child abuse laws, Academics at the universities of Winchester, Nottingham, Trent and Bournemouth argued. The academics claimed that neither children nor their parents are legally able to give informed consent to take part and that sporting organisations have effectively groomed both groups into accepting brain injuries caused by the sports. Now this paper will be published in Sports, Ethics and Philosophy journal of the British Philosophy of Sport Association and it has been seen in advance by the Times and it draws a distinction between sports that are designed to involve physical impact and those that may result in injuries by accident. Its recommendation, which only applies to children, not adults, as cites the view that knocks to the head can contribute to brain damage which can in turn lead to conditions such as dementia or Parkinson's. The paper also argues that those who begin playing rugby as children are more likely to risk brain trauma than those who start later in life. Eric Anderson, a professor of sport at the University of Winchester who led the study, told the Times sports for children should not intentionally harm their brains. They should focus on fun, health and social development rather than conditioning them to play elite level sport. He goes on to say these collisions cause cognitive harm and increase the risk of neurodegenerative diseases and dementia. They are therefore abusive to a child's brain. Cultural perception is that striking a child outside sport is abuse but striking a child in sport is somehow socially acceptable. We are trying to change this. It doesn't matter what the social context is. 
Context is the brain is damaged in both. How interesting this is. Uh, rugby is a form of child abuse, study says. Now, I understood, maybe I'm wrong, that measures have been introduced to limit the um, heavier or harder impacts that you would associate with rugby, but that measures have been introduced at schoolboy and schoolgirl level to make it less um, impacting on the body and on the head. That's what I understood. I've been listening to these stories for a number of years. So this is very interesting. It's, you know, For the first time, academics have come together and published a major paper saying that, listen, this is child abuse, effectively. Children playing rugby where the collisions are pretty heavy and pretty hard. And if they happen repeatedly when a child is young, it leaves them open to brain injury and possibly neurodegenerative diseases and dementia later on. That's very interesting. Something I'd like to explore in the Richie Allen show, because on the one hand, again, the nanny state thing, you want children to be playing sports. I mean, I ideally, if we had children, sadly, we don't have children, but I would have encouraged our children to play sports, to be with other children, because of the character building aspect of it, you know, the, the, the many skills you learn, and I don't mean sporting skills, but the skills in learning how to cope with success and failure, with not, not always getting your own way, with having to communicate with other people, working as a team, all these great things. But they're saying rugby in particular, very dangerous for kids, and it's a form of child abuse. We'll definitely try and get some comment on that on the Richie Allen Show. Um, the Telegraph. BBC employee called Jewish people Nazis and white people parasites. What's this about? Well, a senior BBC employee, a senior employee, in a string of social media posts referred to Jewish people as Nazis and white people as parasites. What's the problem here? I mean, most of us know that Jewish people are not Nazis and most of us know and would agree that white people are not parasites. So who gives a shit? Why is the Telegraph going after this BBC employee? She sounds like a bit of an idiot. But what's the problem? Well, the woman's name is Dawn Quiva, and she is a scheduling coordinator at BBC Three. A scheduling coordinator. Jesus Christ. I mean, she's not working in news or politics or current affairs. She's a scheduling coordinator. It's a boring gig, this. I know what scheduling coordinators do. They schedule programmes. It's absolutely wretchedly boring. But they've gone after this woman for saying on her Facebook page that Jewish people, she called Jewish people Nazi apartheid parasites that funded a hollow hoax. She attacked white people, saying that white people are a virus and we are mutant invader species. <laughs> I don't know about you, dear podcast listener, but I'm not a virus and... I'm not a mutant invader species. But you know what I don't want to happen? I don't want this woman to lose her job because she has an opinion or opinions that I might find laughable. I certainly couldn't find them offensive. You know? But that's what's happening in society at large. We don't like what you say. So let's have you fired and destroyed because of it. You know, most people don't believe that Jews are Nazis or that white people are parasites. And we're unlikely to be convinced that the opposite is true because we happen upon the Facebook page of poor Ms. Dawn Quiva. So the Telegraph is rightly, properly going after this woman and basically it's contacted the BBC, the Telegraph has, to demand why the BBC isn't doing something about it. I would like to see a world where the BBC would say, 
Um, the woman schedules programmes for BBC Three. What she does in her spare time and what her opinions might be are completely irrelevant and, frankly, are none of our business. Our business with Miss Dawn Quiva is, um, our business with her is restricted to the times she is working for us. And all we're interested in is, is is she scheduling the programmes? Outside of that, it's none of our business. So it's spooky, this stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, she had a proper rant about Israel forcibly, permanently sterilising black women without their knowledge. Now, the state of Israel uh, did have a programme to sterilise Ethiopian Jews. That's true. Um, it's not currently doing anything like that, the state of Israel. It's, it, it's committing genocide in Gaza, for sure. Um, but she talked about the Rothschilds, and she talked about... What did, she, what did she say about the UK? She said the UK should be called the UKKK <laughs> because it's so racist. And white people, she says, have disturbed the natural order of the planet. White people are a, a barbaric, bloodthirsty, rapacious, murderous, genocidal, thieving, parasitical, deviant breed. That's what we are, white people. That's a wonderful bit of writing there. I'd like to meet this Dawn Quiva. In fact, I might reach out to her and invite her to come on the Richie Allen Show. We are a barbaric, bloodthirsty, rapacious, murderous, genocidal, thieving, parasitical, deviant breed. There you are. God love her. And the, the, the Telegraph ones are fired. The Times, inside the Times, hopes for Gaza ceasefire as Hamas agrees deal to return Israeli hostages. There are, there are claims emerging from Israel that a deal or the substance of a deal between the Israeli government and Hamas militants, that a deal is in place and it just needs to be signed off where the remaining hostages held by Hamas, and of course they should not be holding hostages, whatever your opinion might be about what's happening in Gaza and the history of the region, and you know I am a supporter of the people of Palestine and the right of the people of Palestine to have their own state, pre-1967 borders, all of that. You know where my feelings are, but there should be no hostages. They should be returned home immediately. Anyway, a Qatari official has told the Times a deal is in place whereby if the remaining civilian hostages go back home, a ceasefire for 40 days would be effected immediately. A 40-day ceasefire. As the Times reckons Hamas is yet to commit itself to the deal, but that it's possible it might happen. That's inside the Times. The Sun... And the papers are a bit thin today, so this is the final story, for now anyway. Uh, the Sun, time bomb, UK is on brink of disaster as cancer debts set to soar. Progress on reducing cancer debts has stalled as cases in Britain are set to rise to more than 600,000 per year by 2050. Cancer Research UK said improvements to survival now pale in comparison to the breakthroughs of the 90s, sorry, the 80s, the 90s and 2000s. Breast cancer now, said Britain, is on the brink of disaster because breast cancer screening, uh, the uptake for screening, is falling and wait times are lengthening. They're getting longer. <coughs> Excuse me. A report by the World Health Organization warned UK cancer cases will rise by more than a third and deaths by 50% by the middle of the century and the World Health Organization is also warning of a rapidly growing global cancer burden. Dr. Panagiotta Mitru, 
Panagiotta Mitru doctor from the World Cancer Research Fund said, we know about 40% of cancer cases could be prevented. Now is the time to turn the tide. She said, bigger efforts to tackle risk factors like smoking, drinking and obesity. Uh, Yeah, yeah, so they'll... Obesity, they'll say. Drinking, smoking, they'll say. You know, the 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 the, the scam demic, where everything stopped and COVID was the only game in town, and everything else was ignored. Screenings didn't happen. Yes, all of this, of course, definitely plays a part. But the jabs, the jabs, the jabs, the jabs, the jabs. What about the mRNA jabs, which have been sticking in people since late 2020? You know, for over three and a half years now, you've been giving people mRNA jabs. And there is undoubtedly a correlation between the rollout of the jab and uh, an increase, an explosion, you might say, in cancer cases, certainly in the UK and Ireland. But the, the, the jabs will never never get a mention when they talk about the increase in cancer rates in the UK and around the world. So that's about the best, really, of the UK papers today. bit thin, really. Um, as I said, most of the papers going with various stories around the alkaline corrosive substance attack in Clapham and the search for Abdul Shakur Azidi. Um, I'm looking at the BBC News website now to see if there's anything else I can tell you about. Um, well, 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 this just in, Brianna Gee, you might know that Brianna Gee was a trans kid was a boy who identified as a girl, 16-year-old Brianna Gee, was stabbed to death in February of last year in a Cheshire park. The, the stabbing was carried out by a 16-year-old boy and a 16-year-old girl. And um, they weren't named at the time of their conviction, but they will be named now, and in fact they'll be named today. Um, because they'll be sentenced at Manchester Crown Court today and they will be named. Uh, The judge in the case has agreed to lift their anonymity. Now, a charity um, has said that this is actually very unhelpful, that child killers should not be named um, for reasons presumably because they hope that these child killers will be rehabilitated over a number of years and that eventually they'll have to re-enter society and they'll need to start again. But um, tell that to the parents of James Bulger, you know, whose um, killers who were aged 10 when they murdered James Bulger in 1993, I think. They've um, not been able to rehabilitate at least one of those kids who, um, you know, has gone on to commit offences around child pornography and, and, and whatnot since. So that's an interesting one. They'll be sentenced today, these kids, and they will be named. I'm not particularly interested in their names, to be honest. As a journalist, you know, they, they were caught. The murder of Brianna was horrendous. It was heinous. Wasn't motivated by, the, by Brianna identifying as a trans girl. That wasn't the motivation at all. It was some sick, twisted kind of, you know, internet thing, I believe. They just wanted to murder somebody. And they had a list of potential victims, these kids. They're obviously totally disturbed and hopefully they'll get the help they need um, but they will be named today and that's in the BBC there's not much else really um, shortage of child care BBC is reporting a, a £1,000 payment will be offered to thousands 
joining the early years sector in England. So there's a big push on to recruit people to work in childcare, working in nurseries and working in childcare in the home because there's a huge shortfall in people working in that particular sector. And that's about all really. Uh, that I can tell you about today. That's it for uh, the papers for Friday, February 2nd, 2024. Now, you can hear me, if you like, on Sunday morning because I present Sunday morning melodies at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning. And that's on the usual platforms. As the papers podcast will return this coming Monday and the Richie Allen Show will be back on air Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. All that's left for me to do today is to wish you a fantastic weekend. And until we speak again, it's bye from me. Bye now.